0: Shining a light on podcasts and videos that have caught our attention. The Spotlight with Jen Spiker. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the free Vision Christian Media app. Audio on demand from Vision Christian
1: Media. Foundations.
0: I guess the amazing thing about this little untranslatable word et it, it is actually Christ et is the description of Christ in the beginning you could almost put in the word Christ or Jesus or Yeshua whatever word you want to use
1: Foundations Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith with Robo Robinson and Mandy Warby Well, yesterday we began talking about the untranslatable word that's found in the very first book of the Bible, in Genesis 1, verse 1. And what does it all mean? And we were talking about the et, which is the aleph and the tab, the A and the Z of the Hebrew alphabet. But of course, in Greek, that would be translated the alpha and the omega, and that that makes us think immediately of Jesus. So is... Jesus got something to do with this uh, untranslatable word, Mandy? Jesus has
0: (laughs) something to do with absolutely everything in the scripture. (laughs) I can remember in a previous episode, I was talking about my favorite verse. I couldn't remember the the actual reference then but I do now and it's John 5 39 and it's when Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees and he said to them you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life but are these are they that testify of me mm. so everything in the scripture is testifying to Jesus Christ who is the son of God God incarnate mm-hmm. come in the flesh yep. and so if that's the case then everything in the old covenant scriptures is is about him. So you mentioned Genesis one one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We know that verbatim, but in the Hebrew text, there's this little untranslatable word et aleph and tav. Mm. Aleph, as you said, is the first letter of the alphabet. Tav being the last. Well, it, it's not translatable in into our language. So it was just omitted. That's why we've never seen it in our English Bibles. Mm. So what does it mean if God created et, the heavens, and et, the earth? So we talked um, in the previous episode about this being a uh, the alphabet, the language, the letters, mm. and from this word, this language, these letters, he created everything. This was his means of communication, creation, and um, explanation, expounding his um, means of communicating with his creation. So it's very, very important. But it, and we also mentioned, actually, you mentioned it, John one one. Um, in the previous episode about In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth And also it goes on to say that Everything was created by him and through mm. him and for him And without him nothing was created
1: Because yeah, he is the word
0: He is the word yeah. So if as we just said in John five thirty nine, That everything in the old covenant scriptures Is pointing and testifying to Jesus Christ Then he's got to be right there in this "et" mm. That we don't have in our English translations But it's there in the original Okay, so with this word, with this language, God created. All right, so at the moment, the world seems to be—I don't know if you've noticed—but the world seems to be <laughs> a little bit chaotic at the moment. Yeah. It's a bit shaken, but you know, we hang on to the fact that God is in control of of everything, and He always has been. Sometimes it looks like maybe He's kind of loosening these reins a little bit. Yeah. And we think, "Can you get just? Can you just tighten those controls again, Lord?" But He 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 has everything in control everything is orchestrated everything is part of his divine sovereign plan we don't, may not understand it all but it's all part of his plan. Nothing, I mean, I think we, we need to remind ourselves often that nothing that happens in the earth ever shocks him or takes him by surprise. Mm. I mean, he never sits back and goes, Well, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Quick, let's rally plan <laughs> C. You know, that's never God's way. God already knows ahead of time. Nothing shocks him. And we can take comfort from that. If it doesn't shock God, we can trust him. It's all in, under control. But, um, you know, we often call him. The Lord of hosts, or it is in scripture, it calls him the Lord of hosts. And in the Hebrew, that literally means Lord of armies. Now, there is a rabbi who pointed out that army means a large group assembled to carry out a purpose, aligned together and acting together to accomplish a task. Well, that doesn't actually necessarily mean military, does it? That's just a large mm, group of people yeah. who've got a single purpose, and they're going to go and achieve what they've destined, what they've been destined to achieve. He said that is what atoms and molecules do as well. So when we think of Lord of Hosts, we can think of the one who created and knitted together all of life to function the way it does. Not only for, uh, not only human beings who battle in military armies from time to time, not even, you know, locusts that have this single purpose to just eat every mm. bit of green vegetation as far as the eye can see, but they work in formation. They We, we actually do liken them to like an yeah, army of right. locusts, don't we? But it's this, he is this lord who has put this order into his creation and, um, and it, even the destructive elements of creation actually works for the perpetuation of his creation. The starry hosts, you know, I mean, everything has this purpose and designation and specificity about it that God has spoken and and Mm. interwoven into it. Even the molecules and the atoms, the tiniest thing in the universe, the atoms, they all have these... Purpose. Even scientists, they they think, well, how is it that an atom that moves on one side of the solar system can affect an atom on the other side of the solar system? Mm. It's all part of this creative word and power that God has spoken into His creation. So you could possibly say that in the beginning, God created it, the beginning and the end, the Aleph and the Tav. Okay, Revelation 1.18, it says, Don't be afraid. Jesus says this, I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and now I am alive and am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. So he was there at the beginning. He'll be there at the end. He's always been. And then in Revelation one eight, it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. He's talking about himself. He's mm. the Almighty? I mean, here he's equating himself with God. So God Almighty Who has always been Who always will be Who holds the keys of eternity Time exists We know that But it only exists for us Who live within it yeah. He's outside of it I know you've mentioned that Numerous times When we've had conversations He's our time outside of it But everything is still his story And there's a reason Why it's called history Because it's his <laughs> yeah, story right. And and he alone knows The beginning from the end And he, he how it all really began He was the one who was there So the, I, I guess the amazing thing about this little untranslatable word, et. It is actually Christ. Et is the description of Christ. Mm. In the beginning, you could almost put in the word Christ or Jesus or Yeshua, whatever word you want to use. In the beginning, et created the heavens and the earth. Yeah. Christ created the heavens and the earth because He was not. it wasn't not only by him, but he was the mechanism mm. through him. And he holds it all together as well. I guess you can't emphasize it quite enough. Again, I, I'm going to read this verse again, John 5:39. If you want to know the purpose of history, the purpose of mankind and what our history future is all about, you have to know the author of history. And you can only know the author of history if you study him. Where are you going to find him? In the scriptures. And and I think the Pharisees wanted to do that, but they just had this blindness. They just couldn't see him. Mm. I guess that's what you call familiarity breeds contempt, you know. But John 5.39. When Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these that testify about me. So every word, even if you can't initially see how he fulfills it, he does. Mm. Even this little untranslatable word that we haven't even seen in our Bibles because it's just been dropped out. He is the et. He is the language, the word spoken who became flesh. So next time you're reading that opening sentence of the Bible, you can know that there is actually an invisible little word in there that's full of this incredible meaning that is this description of Christ himself, the word made flesh, right there at the beginning of creation. All things were created by him, through him, and he holds all of creation together. And without him, it would all fall apart. It would all completely just crumble and and disintegrate. So so you just remember that Jesus is the et, the Aleph, the Tav, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end and he's this all-encompassing and and I think it it's I think it's Colossians I could be wrong that says that he is the preeminent of all creation. Mm.
1: It's a thought-provoking study and uh, the notes of course are on the website vision.org.au forward slash foundations to find those and maybe do a little bit of digging for yourself and see if you can find the et there in Genesis 1 verse 1. Next time on Foundations we're going to tackle an oxymoron that's found in the Bible and that of course is because God is all-knowing, all-powerful, not able to forget anything except he forgets our sins. How is it possible? We'll find out next time.